0: You have a question about your home? Call Ken the contractor. A
1: few weeks ago you were talking about cat urine and you had said professionals use white vinegar. Do you know how much you would use a vinegar to water? We built a home 20 years ago and thought we were putting in the best windows at that time. But ever since we've had leaking of air around and under the window, is there anything we can do? I recently had a water software installed. Okay.
2: And my daughter now complains that the water doesn't taste as good. Do
0: you have a question? About your home inside or out, call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another hour of Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt along with Ken Patterson. Ken the Contractor, if you'd like to be part of the program, you can by dialing 800 614 2975. That's 800 614 2975. Also, you can email your questions to Ken at the website kenthecontractor.com.
2: You know, we spend money all over our house from time to time, whether it's replacing windows or replacing carpet or maybe doing a little painting. Sometimes we just need to do it because it's time for that maintenance to take place. But in many cases, we do it on a planned basis, meaning that we sit down and say we'd like to do X, remodel the kitchen, remodel the bathroom, put a deck on outside. And by the way, if we're going to do this, are we going to get a return on our investment? Now, that has been the trend for so many years. In recent years, our remodeling has been more about... Just basic maintenance, things we need to do just to keep our house looking halfway decent and be able to live in it. That's really been a sign of the economy. But as things are changing and people are spending a little more of their time and money in planning an event around the house, I want to talk a little bit today about where you get the biggest bang for your buck. And this is always a question that people come to me with, saying, you know, if I do this, will I get a greater return on this? Will I get a greater return here? And what I want to tell you, like I have so many of my clients over the years, frankly, if you intend to be in the house for a long period of time, don't worry as much about the return on the investment. Enjoy your time in the house and enjoy your money. Because most of the items we spend money on in our homes will create a return it just won't create a huge return sometimes. The bottom line, enjoy your dollars and cents. Now, for those of you listening to us in different parts of the, uh, the Midwest, the South, the Northeast, and so forth, as opposed to the East Coast, you're going to find that many of the things we're fixing to talk about vary from not just state to state, but from region to region. If you want to follow along with this, I'm going to give you some examples of biggest bang for your buck's. Let's talk about items that will yield probably a 60% return on your investment or more. These are items that you might want to think about. They also tend to be fairly popular across the country. This information can be uh, picked up by a number of sources, but probably one of the most reliable would be NAHB, National Association of Home Builders, or from Remodeling Magazine. Now, Remodeling Magazine does a survey, tracks these numbers, and produces this information every year across the country. And they're not doing it just from one region of the country. They are doing it from coast to coast and from Canada to Mexico. So let's take a look at a few of these items based on some national averages, some of the best places for you to spend money when it comes time to remodel or make major repairs or renovations around the house. Leading the pack, I guess, would be an attic bedroom addition. And some of you are saying, I don't even have an attic that I can build in. And you're right. Most modern homes are built with pre-engineered trusses. You don't have the advantage of some stick-built framing that a lot of the older homes do where you have attic spaces. Jim, I know you grew up in New England. A lot of those homes in the New England area were all stick-built. Those had wide-open attic spaces and the potential for a lot of people to come back and add bedrooms or other rooms at a later date. This happens to be one of the areas that we see nationwide. That will return about 72.5% on your investment. Yet the average for adding an attic bedroom is over $50,000. Now we're going to talk a little bit about some regional variations in just a moment. Another one is going to be a deck addition. And I have so many questions about decks and deck types that I do want to tell you there's a little bit of difference between a wood deck addition and a composite deck addition. Typically, for those of you installing decks, when it comes time to sell the home, you can anticipate in today's market about a 70% return, meaning you're going, to not, you're going to get about 70% of what you invest back out of that deck. So hopefully you need to enjoy at least the 30% portion. But that's on a wood deck. It drops considerably on a composite deck, and I don't want you to be confused about this. A composite deck will bring back about 62 of every you spend on that. And that's partly because of the additional cost of that composite deck. You're only getting so much value for a deck, regardless of whether it's wood or whether it's composite. And for those of you saying, Ken, you've advised me to use composite decking, I'm still going to advise you to use composite decking because you're going to reduce the maintenance. You need to look at how you live in the home and the things that you don't want to be fiddling with every time you turn around. So wood decks, composite decks still yield a pretty decent return, but that composite deck brings you down in the 60% range. One of the simple items that we deal with on occasion has to do with replacing the front door, and you could expect to receive back about $73 for every 100 you spend on a front door or a front door assembly, although that drops to 56% if you're dealing with the fiberglass door. And again, I would not discourage you from thinking about some of the fiberglass doors that are available throughout the market because they have a lot of fine qualities and characteristics about them in terms of thermal value and performance and so forth. But if you're looking at something that enhances the value of your home... That's one simple item that most of us can do, and hopefully it makes things look a little better to us as we come home each day. Now, some of the areas that are probably the worst places to spend money, if you're strictly looking for a return on that front-end investment, and the absolute lowest in this national survey is a home office remodel. tell you, it's just not as important to other people out there as it might be to you. You may be one that works from your home, and that home office is very important. But the next buyer of that house just sees it as a library or a small office to do Household bills, if you will. So you're only going to receive back, based on national averages, about 42 43% on every dollar that you spend. But again, if it's important to you, if you have the need, that's where you need to be spending the money. Sunroom additions are so popular, especially throughout the Gulf Coast and the mid-Atlantic states. But sunrooms on a nationwide basis are only bringing back about 45 cents on the dollar. So this is a case, again, where you have to decide for yourself, if you like that sunroom, unlike a porch or, a uh, excuse me, a deck, you may find that you're better off just spending the money on the deck if you're really leaning more towards investment rather than just a place to have a good time in. Now, I want to make a few distinctions when it comes to parts of the country to give you an example. When we look at areas like Kansas, uh, Iowa, Missouri, South Dakota, and so forth, I'm going to go back to the attic bedroom that I talk about Uh, talked about just a moment ago, where I said the national average was you'll recoup about 72% of the cost of an attic bedroom being installed. When you look at those parts of the country, and we've got listeners in that area, you're only going to receive on the average 59%. So there are some very substantial regional differences. Yet if I move to Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi, Tennessee, those areas, you're going to receive 83%. So clearly, you can see that Where you live has a huge impact on how much money you're going to see in return on these particular items. My bottom line, and you heard it right here from Ken the Contractor, is that if you're looking to spend money, unless you're going to move in the immediate future, spend money on things that make you happy, spend uh, money on items that will help you and your family and the things, just the way you live in that home, and leave it at that. Don't worry too much about selling that house unless it's immediate.
0: Well, you know, and the one that I saw, we moved a lot as a kid. We always tended to have pools. Pools are always a double-edged sword. Some people think they're great. A lot of people look at it, and they say we don't want anything to do with it.
2: Well, when you if you're looking for a pool, it's a huge asset, and you may be able to find somebody that will actually pay you a little bit of a premium. But I think for the majority of people, and that's what we see at least up and down much of the East Coast and part of the central United States, is that pools
0: are negative these days insurance, all sorts, fencing, all A lot of money
2: to operate, a lot of money to maintain, and then it's sort of an albatross when it comes time to sell.
0: Coming up on this edition of Ken the Contractor in just minutes, Ken will be talking green building, and also we've got our app of the week. That's coming up this hour. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Stay with us. Back with more right after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. If you have a question for Ken, you can always reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Let's deal with one of those email questions right now. It comes to us from Bobby in Topeka, Kansas.
2: Yeah, Bobby has an unusual problem, but I think I've experienced this, and maybe I can help you out here. Bobby said, I have a clicking noise that occurs in the inside wall that backs up to my master bedroom. It says, the noise only occurs occasionally. At first, I thought it was water leaking, but I have no signs of that. I only hear this when someone is in the bathroom, and it does not occur at all times. Any ideas on what causes this? Or do I have a leak? By the way, my house is a single-story frame ranch style built on a crawl space. I don't know if that information helps. Well, Bobby, I'll tell you and everybody else, the more information you send me, it makes it a little easier to diagnose a problem and help offer some direction for you. It's a little like going to your doctor. You've got to tell them all the ailments before they can make some recommendation to you. But in your particular case, I'm going to suggest to you that you may have a waistline. I want you to check this. You may have a waistline that has been installed extremely tight through the wall framing, the stud work, if you will. I want you to pay attention, Bobby, the next time you hear this noise and determine if somebody has the hot water turned on in the bathroom. I have experienced this myself. I have had this issue with some homes built in the past. where We've had to make some correction uh, in them where... The plumbing lines are installed so tightly as they penetrate a uh, an opening, a hole that has been drilled in the stud cavity, if you will, or in the stud, that when you turn the water on, these lines, the hot water, these lines expand, and they will actually create a cracking sound. And if it's very low, it can sound a little bit like dripping water. But for, in most cases, where I've experienced, it is quite loud, and you get a click, click, click sound out of it, and then it, it picks up in pace, and it also reduces over time. So I want you to pay some attention to that. And for the rest of you saying, this sounds really strange, if you've got a clicking sound coming from a wall in your bathroom and no signs of a leak, pay attention to that
0: as well, and that may help you along with Bobby. Our phone lines are open at 800-614-2975. Let's say hi to Dan, who joins us right now. Dan, hi. You're on the air with Ken, the contractor.
1: Yeah, thanks for taking my call.
0: Hi there. How can we help you today?
1: Yeah, I, uh, my wife and I are looking to uh, build a house in the very near future, and we were curious if it was cost-effective to look into solar or geothermal for, you know, heating and cooling.
2: if If you're a green energy person, and not everybody is, more and more people are today, by all means, I would suggest you explore it because I think you need to make informed decisions when it comes time to build a house or remodel, especially when you're looking at your heating and cooling source. And in your case, you may be talking about providing energy for power as well, not just heating and cooling. Cost, yeah. cost per kilowatt hour based on both solar and geothermal has come down so much in probably the last five years, especially because of technology, that it really is quite affordable in many locations. Now, geothermal can still be quite high depending on the soil conditions that you have, the way it's installed, whether you have existing wells or wells, uh, one or more wells available on site for geothermal to function with. That can save you a lot of drilling cost, Or whether you have running water, a stream, or a lake on site, that can be very beneficial to you when it comes to geothermal. And geothermal is extremely inexpensive heating and cooling if you get past those parts of the infrastructure. Now, does your property have any of those things to offer?
1: Well, I know we do have uh, underground streams. We don't have any lakes or streams nearby, but.
2: Okay, nothing like, on the property, no running water, no ponds on site?
1: No, no, sir.
2: Okay. Well, that's something that's important because geothermal requires that lines be installed below grade or in constant water temperature. And what's taking place in many parts of the country today is these lines are being buried seven to ten feet below the ground in a horizontal fashion, rather than drilling the deeper wells that they did in the earlier years. Now that also helps reduce the cost of this and make it very cost effective. But since yeah, you're
1: that's uh, something that I've noticed too that they did they've done that, and that's why we want to do it before we start building the house, and they can put that in before the house goes in.
2: Spend some time with two or three companies that specialize in geothermal energy and be sure you're obtaining at least three bids because you're going to find even with three bids that you're going to have some discrepancy not only in what they're quoting but the dollar amounts that you see there as well. So be sure you spend some time with at least three and tell them what your needs are write this out in a spec form meaning that I want to be able to do this this and this I want hot water out of it I'm looking if you're looking to create some hen- energy as well some power through converters out of this you want them to know that but you want to be sure that all of your bids are based on the same information so do that with geothermal now let's go to the other part of your question which was solar solar energy as well has come down uh, greatly per kilowatt hour cost but there's so many things available today that's That is solar that's not just a solar panel. For example, uh, there are heating and cooling systems that have their own solar cells in them. They are fueled off sunlight. They have their own backup system. They actually take the excess power that you're not using and will allow you to sell it back to the grid. This is all part of a heating and cooling package by some manufacturers. You'll also find that there are solar shingles. And I don't know if you've heard me talk about that, but there are solar shingles that have been in the market now about two years that are gradually making their way across the country. That take the place of your your shingle on the house, and at the same time provide you with a full roof of solar cells.
1: Well, that sounds interesting. So I, I think heard so, you talk about it, but okay, I'll look into that.
2: Well, since you're interested in this, I really would recommend you look at that. Dow makes this. And I think that's one of the items that you need to be uh, taking a serious look at on the shingles.
0: And, Dan, you can find a lot of this stuff that Ken has talked about at his website. Uh, you can pull up podcasts and also email questions and answers where he's discussed, I believe, all including geothermal and solar and those solar shingles. You'll find it all at our website at KenTheContractor.com. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Good luck to you. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate it. Just so so we all, solar is pretty much self-explanatory. Geothermal, what's the nuts and bolts of that and whether you should even be considering utilizing that, as Dan was talking about? Yeah,
2: the bottom line on the geothermal is that you're extracting heat that is in the earth, that's naturally created. You're not spending any money to create that, and it's at a constant temperature year-round. And there are folks saying, well, yeah, that's great if you live in Florida or southern Alabama, but uh, what about those of us that live here in uh, South Dakota? Uh, Well, there's still heat in the ground. It may be further down. You may have a freeze line that's four or five feet, but still, when you get below that, there is constant heat in the ground. The further you go, the warmer it is and the more constant it is. So regardless of where you're listening to us, geothermal is a legitimate option. It may be more viable in certain parts of the country because of the topography and because of the type of soil conditions. If you're in a, a heavy rock environment, it's not going to be as practical from a dollar standpoint. But When you're living in an area where you have decent soil conditions and these lines can be installed either horizontally or wells drilled vertically without having to go to uh, several hundred feet through rock, uh, then it could be quite practical for you. And the systems today are not only producing heat, and cooling as well. It's not just heat, it's heat and cooling for your homes. But in some cases, through converters and other sources, you can generate power and uh, use it for yourself,
0: sell it back to the grid. Now, geothermal or solar, can you do this? cost effectively it sounds like that's your major expenditure is the upfront cost for this equipment
2: it's not unlike most items we talk about that's really new technology the upfront cost tends to be greater and unfortunately the average person across the country just you and i jim are no different in many cases we're price point driven we tend to look at that upfront cost if you're building a new home, as we just talked to Dan, and it sounds like a new home under construction, you're going to be there for a long period of time. This would be the time to look at some of these energy efficiencies. You're going to put more down up front. But if you're financing it for 30 years, it's going to be a fraction
0: uh, to add to your monthly payment. All right. If you do want to find out more, as we mentioned to Dan, go to our website, and that's Ken, the Contractor. Dot com. Have a question for Ken? You can always reach him at 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. I'm Joe Britt along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. Ken is here weekends at this time to answer questions about your home inside or out. A house is what you build. A home is what you make it. Don't forget about our website, KenTheContractor.com. Time for us to bring you our weekly feature on green building. Well, for those of you that are really into green building, not
2: only that, but how about saving a few dollars? If you're doing a little remodeling, maybe a single project. It may be putting a new mantle on the fireplace or adding a mantle. Perhaps you've never had one. You may want to think a little something about using reclaimed materials. This has become big business across the country. There are companies and individuals that go out and buy old structures that are being demolished, and they tear down and salvage usable products, such as door casing, door frames, mantles, windows in some cases. You'll find old light fixtures, and if you're into that, especially if you're looking for something that's an older style and very difficult to find in the market today, that you may save anywhere from 30 to 60 percent on home improvement projects if you're looking at using or think about using reclaimed or refurbished products. Now, Fox Business has done a complete survey on this nationwide, and they're finding, of Everything else I talk about, it varies from one part of the country to the next. Most communities, especially those of any size today, have salvage yards. And don't think of them as a junkyard, because I will assure you, if you go in there and look at some of the prices, you'll find it's not junk pricing. So if you're thinking a little bit about green building again, consider reclaiming or reusing products that are there. I do want to offer you a little word of caution so you don't leave without thinking about this. And that is, one, if you're using any recycled or reclaimed, repurposed product, if you will, especially if it's electrical, Plan on rewiring that item. If it's old chandeliers, old light fixtures, you want to be sure that the wiring is safe. Also, if you're buying products that happen to have paint on them, if they've come from an error prior to the 70s, chances are pretty good there's lead-based paint on those as well. So there are some considerations. A lot of money can be saved. Last item I tell you about this green building segment, if you're considering building with used or reclaimed products, brick, for example, always buy a large percentage more than what you need because when you're dealing with reclaimed products, they're not going to have the same integrity necessarily uh, in terms of each piece that brand new will. It's a good way to save some money. Think green.
0: Our the number, eight hundred six one four two nine seven five. It's the number Kathleen dialed. She joins us right now. Kathleen, you're on the air with Ken, the contractor.
1: Hi. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I have a quite large home. It's like 2,700 square feet. And our master bedroom is huge, but our bathroom is very small. Our guest bathroom is bigger than that one.
2: <laughs> it, it, bigger than the one in the master suite? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: It's small. It's. I was just trying to walk it out. It's probably only about 10 by 6.
2: Well, that is small. You're right. No wonder you're calling.
1: <laughs> Pardon?
2: Say, no wonder you're calling. You need a larger bathroom.
1: <laughs> I know, and um, I don't know how long I'll be here, but I can see the size of this house when I sell it. That's going to be the uh, drawback there. Uh, it's a custom home, and we made a mistake.
2: <laughs> okay. Do you have some options? Do you have space that is that you think would be economical in a direction you could go into enlarge larger bathroom?
1: Well, um, in the middle of there, in the middle of that, between that bathroom and the next full wall, there's a long walk-in closet, which isn't that great because uh, by the time you get back there. So that could be opened up, and then the laundry room is behind that wall, which is 10 by 10. So I was thinking of
2: making it now. Well, it sounds to me like you have some options. One of the things going for you that's very positive in the area you're talking about is that all of your plumbing lines are going to be centered in and around the space you're thinking about expanding. Now, clearly with the bathroom that small, I'm assuming from the size, you don't have any more than a combination tub, shower, the commode, and a lavatory in there.
1: That's
2: all we have. Because you can't put much more than that in the space you're talking to me about.
1: It's a tub with a shower. I mean... And it has a little, tiny, little laundry uh, linen closet in and there.
2: it. And if the closet is not beneficial to you, you might want to leave the laundry room alone because if it, it functions at that size 10 by 10. If it functions well for you and you have other means of either constructing an additional closet in this very large bedroom, you can simply expand into the closet space, redo your bathroom, and utilize or tap into all of the plumbing that's there. That That's one of the biggest expenses in adding to modifying or building new when it comes to bathroom is getting the sewer and water there.
1: Yeah, I have two other closets in that room, so I don't have to worry about
2: the closet. Well, based on what you describe, if I were you, that's the direction I would be going in, is taking that common wall out to the closet, uh, having an architect, a designer put me a new plan together, one that will also utilize the plumbing in its current locations. Now, is your house built on a basement, a crawl space, or on slab?
1: No, basement, Full Okay,
2: basement. so then you have a, a lot of opportunity to access those for the limited movement that you might need or taps uh, for modifying your bathroom.
1: What but, kind of cost are we talking
2: about, you think? Well, you're going to, part of this is going to go to your finishes in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. You are not going to spend hundreds, you are going to spend several thousand dollars to do this, I will tell you that. And given that you have such a small bathroom in that master suite and additional closets, regardless of what you spend, chances are pretty good you'll see some reasonable return on that investment. You heard me talk about this in another segment. I was but yeah. Because this is so small, that's going to be a negative to you with a large master bedroom and a house the size that you have. I think you're going in the right direction, even okay. if you're going to have to spend several thousand dollars, as long as you can afford to do that, uh, to expand this bathroom, and you'll get reasonable money back when it comes time to sell. Okay,
1: I was thinking about getting a second because... Um, the rates are so low right now. A well, you could
2: either look at second mortgages, but I, you might find it a little easier just to look at a home equity mortgage. Because if you've oh, that's got a yeah, okay, yeah, well, they're not exactly the same thing. A home equity line is going to be much easier for you to work with. Some of the banks are waiving appraisal cost on this even today in today's market. They're coming back. They're starting to to ask for your business again. But I'd be looking for a home equity line of credit uh, that many banks, Stellar One, one of our sponsors, and others offer. And uh, see if they can't help you out because you don't have all the strings attached to it that you do when you deal with mortgages, okay. and you can pay that back in a much quicker period of time. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a higher interest rate now, if you're sitting at at five and a half, six percent, and you might be able to go get four, you may want to. Already
1: get refinanced.
2: You already have.
1: Yeah, under four. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: you got a good rate if you're under four. So then mm-hmm. definitely look at a home equity line and see if you can pay for this in a period that works best for you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: We appreciate your call. Thanks for listening. Thank okay. you, Kathleen. 800-614-2975 is the number to dial. And one of the big things right now is, and you've mentioned this before, shop around and take a look. And go to some of these places that particularly specialize. And a lot of them are... are um, folks who specialize in remodeling kitchens and baths. And they've got technology now where they can take your existing layout, put it into a computer, and give you two, three, four, five different things to look at. So you have some really dramatic choices. Well, with the design
2: systems, the CAD software that's available to designers and contractors today, not only can you see it on paper pretty rapidly, but you can see a 3-D image. You can see your bathroom or your kitchen in its finished form, if you have custom pictures or you've got artwork, you, you're hanging in a living room and you're remodeling, that can go into the picture. Your fabric on the upholstery, if you're redoing something, the carpet, the floor covering, the exact product, you can see that in a 3-D. It looks like a photograph when it's all said and done. So don't be bashful, and don't think you're limited to the old pencil drawings and having to use your imagination. These designers these, that do custom work, as Jim's talking about, can put this in a computer system where you're looking at something that has
0: not been constructed yet. You know, And, and that's, if you look at one of the biggest trends we've seen in the last couple of years, much bigger bathrooms. They used to try to sneak as many bathrooms in, even in some cases taking closets out and turning them basically into bathrooms. But now people want space in two rooms of their house, the kitchen and the bathroom.
2: One and number two, as you go through and you look at family room is number three. Those are the areas we live in in the house and that's what we see across the country.
0: Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. Do you have a question about your house inside or out, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You can email questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com and while you're at the website, you can listen to podcasts of recent programs or research in more detail some of the things that we talk about on the air. And don't forget, You can friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. Have a question about your home inside or out? You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Email your questions to our website, KenTheContractor.com. Let's go to the phone lines, and it's Alden who joins us right now. Alden, thanks for waiting. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor.
1: Yes, a, a product of wet forget, I, I, I got a spot that it's hard to reach with a fresh water and get up and down on the roof. Okay. And I was wondering if the if wet forget really works way way it says it does, and also like on the overhangs of your house, the eaves. Okay. I know it says the rain and the wind sort of cleans it, so how, how does it, how does that clean it?
2: Well, I, I'm gonna answer your question in two parts since you have addressed it that way. One, I have used it, I use it around my own home, and it works as it is advertised to work. You spray it on, you forget about it. I've got a sidewalk that tends to be in the shade more than not during the course of the year when it gets wet, has mold and mildew on the back of it. Uh, I just sprayed it again a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden it's coming back to life. I do have a pressure washer, and I know how to use it, but I haven't put a pressure washer on it. The wet and forget saves that, uh, that problem, really that maintenance as far as I'm concerned. So I'm starting to see the white concrete in it again, but it takes some period of time. If you read the instructions on the side you'll see that it could take in some environments up to six months, and it depends on how heavily coated your house or your roof or your sidewalk happens to be. But it does rely on just the normal sunlight and rain and waterfall, just the natural elements for it to do its thing. So the second part of this is I have read, Jim teases me occasionally, but I read fine print on instructions. I read MSDS manuals and so forth. They're really exciting. But... I have not found anywhere where it tells you that it will perform properly in a dry environment. Now, what you do have outside on your soffits areas and your porch ceilings that do not have direct uh, sunlight or direct rain, you still have moisture in the air. You'll find there are times of the year that you you have moisture clinging to the bottom of it. My suggestion, if I had the same problem, I would be using it in a sample area just to see how it does.
1: Okay. Or What about, I'm just curious, if you spray water on that once like once a month. Would that sort of help
2: it or not? Again, your guess would be as good as mine because that's all it is. I have not done that. I tend to follow instructions, but a light mister uh, may be fine. I'm not sure the reaction the water has on it. I have not read any technical sheets to that extent on the performance right. of it. But if you follow the instructions, I can vouch for the fact that it works quite well. Andre right, Viet it.
0: vouches for it as well. And I can do tell it. you, I used it on some patio furniture at my dad's house. That was It was, uh, it was a, a white and was getting real drungy looking, and we did it at the beginning of the summer. Put some water on like you talked about and applied it per the directions, then put it out on his deck. Remarkable difference now a couple of months later. Much brighter uh, and just looks a lot cleaner.
1: Dude, it, you know, a lot of your siding stuff, you, you see where bugs have left left marks. You know, yes. Flies, different bugs leaves the little black, brown spots. Right. Now, does it take care of that, too, or have you noticed that on any of your side? No I, no.
2: I can't tell you that I've seen those uh, marks, droppings, whatever, disappear. It's really designed to get rid of uh, mold and mildew. If you have those type issues, you got mud, other stuff that may have been put up on the side of the house or other areas, uh, you're probably going to have to go in and manually clean those spots and then come back and just spray the rest of it with a wet and forget.
1: Okay. All right, I agree. Appreciate it. Thanks Saves a that. lot of
0: maintenance. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Appreciate it, Alden. Don't forget, if you'd like to reach us, you can at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Time to roll out our app of the week. Yeah,
2: and this one's for many of you out there that contact me on a regular basis about... Is it time to replace my refrigerator? Will I save money? I've got an app that's designed just for you and for everybody else that's looking for new appliances out there. And this one is called What's On, W-A-T-T-Z-O-N, Advisor Apple, or excuse me, What's On Appliance Advisor. And you'll find all the information on the website, kenthecontractor.com. But what this item does is it not only gives you the cost based on cost in your a zip code of new refrigerators, for example, and compares it, one product to the other, but it also gives you the energy operating cost because, as you know, we'll have different appliance costs from the west coast to the east coast, from north to south. We'll have different energy costs. So in some cases, it may cost $100 a year to operate a refrigerator in California. It may cost $25 to operate that same refrigerator in Pennsylvania. So it takes that into consideration. It gives you a real-time comparison. The other thing it will do is allow you to compare even your existing unit, so that you're saying, is it time to replace? Can I see a reasonable payback? So go to the website, KenTheContractor.com, and you'll find more information about what's on Appliance Advisor. All right. Let's sneak it a quick email or two before we head out. All right. This one comes to us from Charles in Huntsville, Alabama. It says, I have a light switch that works sometimes. And he notes, the key word is sometimes. If I wiggle the switch, it usually comes on. Is this a switch or a wiring issue? He goes on to tell me, says, I'm not great with electrical repairs. Is this easy enough to handle that so that I can do it, or do I need to hire an electrician? And, Charles, you also have a comment I appreciate. It says, I enjoy the tips from your show, and I'm glad to hear it here in Huntsville. Well, we're glad to be in Huntsville, Alabama. And, Charles, what I want to tell you is you've got three possibilities that I find all related to that switch. The fact that the light comes on as a result of you jiggling the switch tells me that you don't have a light fixture problem. What you need to check, one would be, first, you may have a bad switch, and they do go bad over time. You may also have a wire that's loose that's either in the back of the switch or on one of the posts that will have a screw to it on either side of the switch. That is typically uh, the problem that I will see when people would call or when we've been out in remodels in older homes, too, that we have a wire that has come loose from the back or the sides. The other thing that I experienced myself not too long ago was a wire nut that had come loose within the switch box. There are many wires that come through switch boxes. You have uh, the the line voltage feed coming through uh, to your switch. In some cases, there are other wires that connect to that. And uh, I experienced personally uh, a wire nut that was loose, and that was causing the problem for a switch leg that I had in a property. So you want to check all three of those. One, you could have a bad switch. Two, you may have a wire that's loose, and it's just that simple in the back or the side, or three, you've got a wire nut that's loose if there are multiple connections within that box. Now, to say can you do it yourself, if you've done some electrical pair repairs, you know where the breaker is, you can turn the power off, you have a tester to be sure that there's no live voltage anywhere inside that box, and you're not afraid of it, then I'd say, fine, go ahead and proceed. But if you have some fear of it or you're just not sure that the power is turned off, you don't like working in this environment, then by all means hire an electrician This should be fairly inexpensive to resolve. Your biggest charge is going to be the electrician's trip charge. So, Charles, for you and others that are standing out there now saying, I've been jiggling this switch for six months, are you telling me it could be this simple? Yeah, it really can be this simple. Good luck to you, Charles.
0: All right. And before we go, I do want to encourage you, no matter what project you're working on this weekend, when you have an opportunity, look for those products made right here in the USA.
2: Whether well, it's the light switch we were just talking about or whether you're buying a new fixture or you're looking to uh, put a new addition on and you're looking at roof shingles or siding, buy American products. I want to tell you, builders across this country have spent more and more money with American-made products in the last few years. We're doing our part to employ people in this country And to keep the dollar local, it comes back to benefit all of us. American products, if you haven't been in the habit of purchasing this for a long period of time, have superior qualities to so many of those that you've been buying from other parts of the world and highly competitive. Look for the little American flag on most of them these
0: days. And the one thing is you'll start to see more and more of these products being identified, and they don't just have to be uh, in one of these large, big box stores. You're going to see it more and more in a lot of your local hardware stores and areas where you go to get building supplies.
2: And it's not only on the box from the manufacturer, but many of the retailers are placing this little American flag right there on the SKU ticket, where the SKU number is, on the
0: shelf. So look for American-made products. Do yourself a favor. Do your country a favor. That wraps up this hour of Ken the Contractor. For Ken the Contractor, I'm Jim Britt. We thank you for joining us this weekend. Don't forget, if you have a question about your home, inside or out, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975 or online at KenTheContractor.com. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com.